the Saints fall to three and three. So much to talk about. Offense unable to do anything in the red zone of significance. Defense played terribly in the first half, responded well in the second half. But again, it's not enough. And now we have to ask the question, are the 2023 New Orleans Saints, just the 2022 New Orleans Saints, wrapped in a different way? Let's talk about it right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Huda Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I'm your host, Christmas Vogel, and as always, we're brought to you by Scott McNair, injury lawyers who've been injured in any kind of accident, car, truck, 18-wheeler, hurt offshore. Scott McNair handles it all. You give him a call at 504-500-1111 for a free consultation. They'll always fight for the win. So like I said, guys, the Saints, really, really nice opportunity today. To go to four and two, have some optimism, some excitement in the building for the first time in a couple of years going into Thursday night against Jacksonville. But what do they do? They come out and have an absolute stinker against the Houston Texans. And it's one of those games where talent-wise, Saints win that talent battle. They win that battle not nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten. They're a more talented team than Texans. But the Texans are a better coach team, and that was on display today. Now, I know that whether it's Saints Twitter or even in the live chat, there's probably going to be discussion. I will get to your comments, and we'll talk about who's to blame, who played poorly, who played well. We'll get into all that in just a minute. But I want to make this very clear before I get into anything else on today's episode. What I want to say is this. Whoever you want to blame today player-wise, maybe you think Derek Carr cost the Saints. Maybe you think it's the O-line that cost the Saints. Whatever you want to point, I just want to make one thing clear. No matter how you feel about that, the reality is the Saints will never win anything of significance as long as Dennis Allen is the head coach and Pete Carmichael is running the offense. And a 34-0 victory over the Patriots does Nothing to change that because they showed it today. It's one step forward, two steps back with this team. And now Dennis Allen as a head coach is 18 and 41. 18 wins, 41 losses. Other coaches would be fired, not him. And we know why the Saints are trying to keep this continuity thing going, but we know it's not doing anything but going south. So you want to talk about Derek Carr and the red zone struggles? It was apparent. I thought Derek Carr once again struggled in the red zone. Didn't look good. And you'll look at the numbers and people will probably say, wow, you know, Derek Carr had 350 plus yards and a touchdown. Great game. I didn't see it that way. There really weren't a lot of plays that impressed me from Derek Carr today. I thought he was average at best. And I think for the Saints, the red zone struggles are a problem. And you know what's an even bigger problem besides just the red zone struggles? It's one thing to not score touchdowns, but when you're not getting field goals either because your kicker is shanking a 29-yard field goal, you're in hell. You're in hell. And I want to make that abundantly clear because everyone thinks that, oh, I'm so hard on Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael. And because of that, I don't give players any blame. No, the players deserve blame when they play terribly. Like Groupie missing two field goals, costing Saints six points when, by the way, they were down 13 to 20 with two and a half minutes left with a chance to tie it. Had he made just one of those field goals, all of a sudden you're talking about the Saints having a chance to go out and outright win the football game. But it doesn't happen that way. And obviously for the Saints, it's the big problem for me. There's no creativity offensively. I mean, late in the game, they took four straight shots at the end zone. None of them went anywhere. Incomplete to Shahid, incomplete to Michael Thomas, incomplete to, to Michael Thomas one more time, and then finally getting picked off. And it's like, for me, you still had 30 seconds and a timeout left. You didn't try maybe using the middle of the field and maybe you get it down to the 10 or 12 and then it's two shots at the end zone for a chance to tie it. Like, what are we doing offensively? Seriously, what the fuck are the Saints doing offensively? And how about the the play before, the drive before that? It's second and three, Alvin Kamara run. You're in good good shape. Second and three, nowhere. Third and three, nowhere. 
Fourth and three, you throw it out to AK in the flats. Guess what? It's AK versus two tacklers. I think the world of Alvin Kamara, I think he's a special talent. He's not going to beat both those tacklers in that position. He's not. So for the Saints, the offense has no creativity. Now they're banged up as all hell. It was already a bad offensive line, but you had Ramchek lead this game with injury. Penning got banged up. Pete's been banged up. What else is new? This offensive line is also not at full strength. So I think for the Saints right now, there's just a whole lot of problems offensively, and it really is a problem. It really is. So before I get into your comments, I want to talk about why I feel like we're heading towards a repeat of last year and then talk about the Trevor Penning problem because it is a big problem. So let me get into why I think this is a repeat of last year. Last year, the Saints get a nice win against the Seahawks at home, ran the football extremely well. It was a huge Taysom Hill game. And I thought, okay, Saints might be building some momentum. This might be their first opportunity under Dennis Allen to get something going. The very next week, they lose to the Bengals. They end up losing two in a row after. So any confidence you built from the team, thinking, oh, two and three, they might do something here. No, all of a sudden, it's two and five in a blink of an eye. But then they get a shutout win against the Raiders at home. And we start thinking, okay, that was the most impressive win so far of the Dennis Allen tenure. How do they follow up that shutout win against the Raiders? Well, they end up losing, guess what? Two in a row after that. And all of a sudden, the Saints are a three and seven team. And the season's pretty much over there. Well, it looks pretty similar to this year. You start two and zero. Obviously, that's better than what the Saints started last year. But you have the inexcusable collapse of the Packers. You come up flat at home against the Bucks, but you get that really impressive thirty-four nothing win against the Patriots. All is right. All is restored. Wrong. You play the Texans, who did not do a thing, not do anything worth a damn. Excuse me. In the second half, and you lose. You score thirteen points. So I can give a fuck about those 34 points you scored against the Patriots because you only had 13 against the Texans. And at the end of the day, there's been more bad than good with this offense. There's been more bad than good with this team. And when I see other teams in the NFL, there's redeeming qualities. Like had the Texans lost today, you still would have went, you know what though? D'Amico Ryans is showing progress as a coach. CJ Stroud looks like an exciting young quarterback. What is the Saints redeeming quality? I'm being dead serious right now. I know the Saints have good football players. That's not my question. What is the Saints' redeeming quality? What is that one thing that even when they lose, you go, you know what? We still have that to hold their hat on. Their good players are mostly old. Their young players are good, but we don't have anyone great yet. And I'm sitting there waiting to find what that redeeming quality is, but you don't got it. You don't have a good head coach. Your offense is run by a goddamn doofus. Your quarterback was picked by your head coach, and frankly, he's not playing well right now. That's just the truth of the matter. The defense has their moments, no doubt about it, but the defense is aging. Special teams, your punter can't punt it far, and now your kicker can't make any kicks. What is the redeeming quality of the Saints? It's almost a miracle that they're three and three with the amount of mess-ups that I'm talking about with this roster and this team. So I ask you, what is their redeeming quality? I can't figure it out. And I don't care that they're three and three as opposed to last year, them being two and four in this position. It's the same shit. It's just wrapped a little bit different. So maybe they won't be seven and 10 this year. Maybe they'll be eight and nine but that doesn't do anything for me. And like I said, this team is not good enough to win with Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael running the show. When Sean was here, fine. That's not the case anymore. And while I'm at it with Sean, before I get into my final point, there are two offenses outside of the Patriots because they are just horrendous. If I take out the Patriots, there's two offenses to me that look outdated and are too much of, I'd say, playing old-style football and there's no consistency. The Broncos and the Saints, all from the Sean Payton philosophy slash coaching tree. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think the league is adapting, and we're seeing who's not adapting, and it's becoming a problem. 
So that, that's where I leave you on this. So my last thing before I get into your comments, guys, I want to talk about Trevor Penning. I don't know what the fuck the Saints do with him. I don't, I don't know what the Saints do with him. I want to preach patience because Cesar Ruiz had a really nice year last year after we complained about what he struggled in and didn't do right. You know, you, you, had, um, you had moments where I thought that other players for the Saints developed nicely. I'm not seeing it with Penning, and he's regressing. And even today, he gets benched. Whether you agree or disagree with their decision to bench him, he comes in because James Hurst gets hurt. Anyone who watched that game will tell you right then and there, the Saints looked different the minute Penning came in. And they didn't look different in a good way. They got worse on protection. Constant pressure. He gets called for a tripping penalty in the red zone, which didn't matter because Carr got sacked anyway. So if you're going to trip the guy, trip him well enough. Trevor Penning is a bad football player right now. And I want to give him time because really, he's only six games into his career because he really didn't play at all last year. But it looks like a whiff of a pick right now. And it's concerning because this is a depleted O-line health-wise. And I don't know if it's going to get any better for this team in terms of blocking, in terms of protection. And you're playing with fire. I feel like we're only a couple more weeks away before Derek Carr gets banged up again. But again, that's kind of my opening rant. And I'll get into more. I promise I will. And with that being said, let me get into some of the comments that you guys have in the chat. And we'll go for there. You're gonna, you guys are going to drive this engine uh, for the rest of the show. Let's get into what Joshua has to say. I'm not even mad anymore about losing. If it means getting rid of this coaching staff, let's go ahead and just lose the rest of the games because, honestly, the players look checked out, especially Olave. See, I was someone who was very uh, – I don't want to say negative, but I was tough on Olave in the first half. I thought the body language wasn't there. And when I was writing up my notes, it was going to be one of the first things I said about this team was, man, Olave looks checked out. But I thought Olave was arguably the best player on the field in the second half. He showed a lot of heart, a lot of energy. So. I'm going to be fair about my assessment. I think that he could have he could have easily kind of laid down and rolled over and and not played hard, but he did play hard. And I love what I saw from Olave in the second half, but I do agree the body language of this team it's it's looking a little questionable. Margaret says stick a fork in this team terrible play calling and playing just awful. Alex says same shit with his head coach in OC, one step forward then three back. The next week out gained Houston by over 100 total yards and put up only 13 points. And Mr. Gamewa says New England was a fluke last week. Figured Saints were continuing to struggle with the Texans. Yep. Look, look the, the way I see it, guys, this is the type of loss where, like, if you're looking for clarity, you're trying to figure out what are the real Saints? What do they look like? This is them. This is the Saints under Dennis Allen. They might have a week or two where they show a couple of glimpses of being a good team. And those that, that game is fun. I had fun last week watching the Saints kick the Patriots' ass. I said this. And when the Saints do that, I'll be the first one to hop on on this platform and tell you, man, I really like the way the Saints played. I, I had an enjoyable time watching the Saints play football. But when they go right back to doing this nonsense, it just shows you they are who they are. And like I said, when a coach is 18 and 41 and three and three right now is the best record he's ever had as a head coach, you don't think that's telling when his best mark through six games is 500, when that 600, when that uh, 500 mark through six games is the best mark at any point in his career? It's telling. So I just see this, this team right now and I don't like it. Margaret says, what was going on with Groupie today? Holy crap. Alex says, Groupie's a perfect example of what the Dennis Allen-led Saints are. Follows up a player of the week game by uh, by missing two crucial field goals that would have made it a one-point game on that final drive. Yep. I Look, man, it's to a T, right? You, you, the Saints have reached that comedy hour point where now we, we used to joke, oh, they won't get a touchdown, but they're going to kick a field goal. And now I don't even know if they're going to kick field goals. And I would have loved to have seen had they, made, had they scored in the red zone, right, and the Saints got on a touchdown. They would have been down 2019. I would have loved to see what the Saints did in that spot. Would they have gone for two, which would have been the logical 
call, or they have let Groupie go out there and kick a 33-yard extra point, which you don't know if he's going to make it. The logical play is going for two for two reasons. You can't trust your kicker in that spot, and you have a game on Thursday. If you could go for the win and make sure your guys don't have to play an extra period of football, you do that. We didn't get to that point, but I would have loved to know what two really, really conservative coaches in Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael would have done. I think it's a very, very fascinating thing to talk about. Got a super chat here from Carl Marky Mark said, uh, we beat ourselves today. Execution, poor discipline and play calling killed us. We had no business only being one possession away from winning that late. Coaching is the root of our problems. First off, thank you so much for the support, man. As always, every week, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, really, thank you so much. Uh, as for your point, totally agree. Totally agree. The, the Saints had no business being in this game, but as the second half rolled around, you realize the Texans were giving this game up. The Texans did nothing in the second half. Literally, they had three points in the second half. They weren't doing anything, and they gave the Saints opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and the Saints said, nah, no thanks, I'm good. Missing field goals, not converting in the red zone, coming up short on fourth down, deciding to throw the ball to the end zone four straight times with 30 seconds left from the Houston 24 when they still had a timeout left. Make it make sense. I don't understand this team. And I guess I never will. I guess I never will. Cooler Beat says, once that stupid Zach Bond play happened, I knew how this game was about to be. Isn't that the Saints in a nutshell? you get the first interception of C.J. Stroud's career and Zach Bond's running it back. And I'm about to say, wow, really good play from Zach Bond. Probably the signature play so far of his Saints career. And this fucking guy fumbles it. And then two plays later, like Noah Brown just roasts Marshawn Lattimore. A couple plays after that, the, the Texans are in the end zone and they take the lead. Just typical. Typical. Mr. Game of Law says the play calling towards the end really was obvious. Uh, it was obviously the way to go. Way to go is shitty Carmichael. Yep, tough to, tough to agree with anything they did towards the end. Anything. Joshua says, what's crazy is that the Texans weren't doing anything crazy. They just uh, punked the shit out of us, both line of scrimmages. They did. I, I thought that the Texans came out with a lot of heart. Uh, I'll take, let me find the first half numbers. I had them here actually before. And uh, I believe I had them at like 90 something rushing yards. All right, 97 rushing yards in the first half, 14 first downs in the first half, 238 total yards allowed in the first half. Texans were doing their thing offensively. They were bullying the Saints, bullying them. Mr. Game and says, both sides had coaching issues with DA telling them, keep doing what you're doing, strategy. Alex says, if the objective of the game was to drive down the field effectively and then stall on the red zone, we'd be a Super Bowl caliber team. They'd be the best in the business. I have no doubt the Saints are going to get it close to the red zone. I also have no doubt that when they get into the red zone, they're not going to score a touchdown because that's, that's who Derek Carr is. That's who Derek Carr is. And that's also who Pete Carmichael is. They're not creative at all. At all. Cooler Beat says coaching staff is cooked and they need better O and D line personnel. Uh, yeah, I mean, O line personnel is a freaking joke right now. And now it's injured and you have a Thursday night game. So there's a good chance that these guys don't play because I got three days to be ready. Tough. And you play a Jacksonville team that looks pretty good. You could be staring three and four in the face real quick. And all of a sudden, we could be talking about will the Saints finish third in the NFC South again? It's possible. It's very possible. Just call me, Trey says, Saints had more yards, more time possession, and more first downs. The 0-3 in the red zone, two missed field goals, and stupid motherfucker Zach Bond fumbled the interception, cost us fire Allen and Pete now. Look, I, I can't make this clear. I said it after the loss uh, to the Bucks. I'm going to say it again today. Nothing will change my mind about the Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael Saints. Nothing's going to change my mind. They're not going to win anything with them. So us as the fans, 
We got to gut out 11 more games and hope to God after the 11 games that are left in the season, they're not here after. Maybe they're in Denver. Maybe they're anywhere else. I mean, I think Pete will get the hell away from football. I don't even know if he wants to be in New Orleans anymore. I don't know if he wants to coach anymore. It's, it's just egregious to us fans that we're through it. And it's more frustrating because we're seeing it and we keep saying something has to change, but instead we get bullshit. And that 34 nothing game against the Patriots might have done more harm than good for the Saints because it bought Pete Carmichael a couple more weeks of job security when the reality he should be on Indeed today looking for a new job. That's the reality of the situation. That's, that, that is the truth of the matter. And anyone who tells you something different other than that, they're lying. They're absolutely lying. Fred says, I don't want to say I was right, but last week was just a product of playing a bad team. Pete Carmichael was the problem. You know what? Actually, while we're at it, let's talk about how last week was a product, product of a bad team, right? So the week before the Patriots beat, uh, lost to the Saints 34-0, they got their ass kicked by the Cowboys, 38-3, who then played a real team and then got their ass kicked. So the Cowboys beat the crap out of the Patriots just to lose 42-10 to on national TV, when in reality, they could have lost a lot more, a lot worse than 42-10. to And then the Saints beat the Patriots 34-0 and then lose to a Texans team that had just Three points in the second half. A Texans team that's not that talented, and I got to give credit to the coaching staff and C.J. Stroud and the defense. They did a good job of blitzing towards the end and making sure Derek Carr wasn't going to have time to throw, and Derek was just throwing it out of bounds. So I got to give the Texans credit to that. But we're seeing, as this season goes on, that win is going to be nothing more than just an indictment of how bad the Bill Belichick Patriots are right now. Didn't mean shit for the Saints, because they went right back to their old habits. If I take that Patriots game out, and I know it's, it's unfair sometimes to say, take the good game out. There's a 34-point game sandwiched between a 9-point game against the Bucs and a 13-point game against the Texans. Which one do you think is the real Saints? I would say it's the one that's shown up twice and had 13 or less, not the one that magically had 30-plus points. That's what I see when I look at this team. Got a super chat from Ed here. Ed, thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, uh, Ed says... AK was ready to kill someone during the game. Nico Collins was working Lattimore. The O-line is disastrous. So he gets four touches a game. He gets more punt returns and touches. So let's go down the list. First off, thank you again, Ed, for supporting the show. Uh, AK, body language-wise, is not a problem. You could tell it's bothering him that this offense is that inept. With the talent on this offense, it's inept. And you can tell that it's a coaching thing and not a talent thing because when the plays actually get run, where it's a design for Olave or design for Shahid or a slant to Michael Thomas, guess what? It fucking works. Shocker, when they get the ball in their good player's hands, it fucking works. And yet, when the roles are reversed and they don't get it to them, yeah, this offense is a mess. So absolutely, I get why AK's frustrated. As, as for Lattimore, he was horrendous today. I'm fair. I, I'm leader of the pack when Lattimore locks down a receiver. I am leader of that group to talk about it. But he was bad today. That's just the truth of the matter. Did it matter if it was Noah Brown? Did it matter if it was Nico Collins? He was bad today. And it's okay to say that. Marshawn Lattimore was bad today. As for your third point, O-line being disastrous, no doubt about it. This O-line is an absolute train wreck. And I'm going to keep saying it. At some point, Derek Carr is going to get hurt again this season. And it's not wishful thinking. It's not what you want to happen. It's just the truth of the matter. It's unsustainable for a quarterback to get hit this much and not get hurt. Look at the Giants. They couldn't uh, protect Daniel Jones, and everyone goes, Daniel Jones is going to get hurt behind this Giants O-line. Well, guess what happened? He got hurt last week. The Saints are going to get Derek Carr hurt again. 
Now, for some of you, you might not care because maybe you don't want him on the field, but he's going to get hurt. And as for the, the uh, Shahid thing, I agree with you, by the way. And I agree. Shahid needs more touches. Got a super chat from Hill Mendoza. Thank you so much for supporting the show, man, as always. Says, there's a lot of mediocre and bad coaching in this league that's holding a lot of teams back. Unfortunately, we're one of them. I agree. I agree. I, I think if I stuck Ben Johnson on the Saints and the Saints were being coached by Ben Johnson and they were a little bit more innovative offensively, I would have fun watching this Saints team. And there would be some redeeming qualities to this Saints team and I would be able to be excited for their next game because I would know deep down they got an exciting offense to field. But it's not the truth. Instead, to your point, we got some exciting players on offense being held back. If it's not Mike one week, it's Alvin the next week. If it's not Alvin one week, it's Olave the next week. And then it's Shahid every single game. Shahid is the type of guy that constantly produces two carries for 18 yards, two receptions for 85 yards. Why is he not getting the ball more? Is 42 yards per reception not enough? Is nine yards per carry not enough? And let's be real. The, the throw to Shahid down the sideline in the second half, if Carr makes a good throw, it's a touchdown. He beat his guy free off the line of scrimmage. Easy. Should have been a touchdown. So it's just, it's those type of frustrations. We got a super chat from John here. John, thank you for supporting the show, man. He says points each game for the Saints. 16, 17, 10, 9, 27, 13. Yikes. It's, it's a bad offense. It's a bad offense. And I don't want to hear anything anymore about sample size because the Saints love to say, well, you know, Pete just hasn't had enough time. It's only been four weeks. It's only been six weeks. Does last year not count? He was terrible for 17 games last year, and now he's terrible for six games this year. 23 games isn't enough to make a determination? I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'll say it. I commend the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that last year they watched their offense stink, and they said, well, we're going to run it back with Bulls, but he's getting a new OC because we cannot stand to watch this offense again. The Buccaneers, who lost Tom Brady, found a way to get a good OC in that building. And now we see the Buccaneers' offense looks a lot better than it did last year. And that's with Baker in instead of Tom Brady. The Saints upgraded their quarterback, at least in their mind, and said, you know what? We're going to stick with Pete. That is just malpractice from the Saints. It's malpractice. I don't care what anyone else tells you. It's malpractice to let Pete Carmichael continue running this offense. It's not going anywhere, guys. It's not. They are a bad football team offensively. Bad. And nothing's going to change that at all. Nothing. Get into more comments from the chat here. Jacob says, Spain without the S, man. And Ed says, Peyton's still running that franchise. Yeah. I mean, it feels that way. I'm so tired of the Sean Payton Saints, man. I'm tired. I tried the optimistic card. I tried to be, you know, glass half full this season. Fuck it, man. Through six weeks, I'm done. I'm done with the glass half full shit. Because even if, let's say, they beat the Jaguars on Thursday, right? And they beat them and we're feeling good. You know they're just going to lose the next game. They're going to go play the Colts on the road and Gardner Minshew in that run game is going to fuck them up. And you know that's true. You know it's true. There's no redeeming qualities in this team and Dennis Allen can't win consistently. Two-game winning streak is like the, top, the highest of highs for this guy. John says, refs had nothing to do with this loss. It's 100% on coaching and play calling. Yeah, the refs are not to blame at all. I, I want to make this very clear. If anyone is blaming the refs for this Saints game, you and me watch different games. The Saints had this game handed to them, and they said, no, it's all right, I'm good. You take this one. I don't need the win, you take it. It's fine. That's what they did. 
So please, guys, if you're blaming the refs, there, there are games to blame the refs. And there are, there are other games that happen in the NFL today where you can blame the refs. Saints-Texans is not one of them. Saints lost because their coach is an absolute dumbass and their offensive coordinator is fucking terrible. That's why they lost. There's nothing else to talk about there. Ransom, Antoine says, a change needs to be made tomorrow. If not, we are done. It's not going to be made tomorrow, guys. Short week, playing the Jaguars on Thursday. They're not going to make a change. No matter what you guys may want, they're not going to make one. They're just not. So, you know, I, I think for me, you just got to have that approach. Get through 11 more games and hope to God they make a change in the offseason. They're not making a change midseason. They're sure as hell not making a change before a Thursday night game. Maybe after the Thursday night game, if the offense is terrible again, and there's a very good chance it will be, maybe they say, you know what? Now we got to fire Pete because heads got to start rolling. And that's the thing that cracks me up about the Saints. Other teams in this league, when shit goes south, they make a change. The Saints are just dying on this continuity hill, continuity hill for no reason. No reason. It's frustrating. Markel says it's time to load up on the picks and start over. And with decent draft moves like penning and trading a pick that turned into Jalen Carter, we might need to replace people in there too. We'll see. We'll see. At least this draft class looks decent, you know? Ed says Olave was open a lot and Carter was missing him. Their connection was off nonstop this game. I will say, though, they did, ha- they, they did look a lot better in the second half. So maybe they build off that. But that's about the only good thing I could say about that, you know, in terms of that connection. Because that connection's looked off way more times than it's looked on. And I don't know where they go from here. I really don't. Kenny says, do you think Mickey will actually make a change this year? I do not. I don't. Maybe after, maybe after the season, if the Saints fail to make the playoffs, sure. But I'll, I'll tell you what right now, guys. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I hate when people say this because I think it's such a bad way to look at it as a fan. They might be in a position where making the playoffs might be one of the worst things to happen for them in the sense that they could make it, Dennis Allen keeps his job, but then they just get absolutely slapped around the football field in the wild card round and sent home. So they played one extra week for nothing. And I'm always of the belief of if you can win, you win. But I can't do it with Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael anymore. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough spot to be in. Madden Lucky 12 says, can't blame the defense when they didn't let up in the red zone after the second half. I'm not blaming the defense. I have said this multiple times on the podcast, and I'll say it one more time. The Saints have reached the point where if they just score like 21 points a game, they would win about 60 to 70% of their games. Just 21 points, and they can't even do that. So I agree with you. I'm not blaming the defense. Defense made all the right second half adjustments. They did force a turnover, although they coughed it right back up. They were getting pressure later on C.J. Stroud. I'm not blaming the defense. If you want to go blame the defense, then maybe it's a personal vendetta that some people might have against this unit. I'm not blaming the defense. I'm blaming this coaching staff. I'm blaming this offensive personnel and the way they're using them. I'm blaming Pete Carmichael. And obviously, I'm blaming the head honcho and Dennis Allen, but that, that's where I draw it. Like, I'm not blaming the defense. John says, Chris, please sedate me before the Saints play again. I mean, <laughs> by all means, by all means, I might have to start drinking before these games. Aaron says, this one may have lost the locker room, unfortunately. It sucks that we come back every week and bitch about play calling and our opinions mean nothing. Tired of this, Chris. I agree, Aaron. I, I agree, man. It's tiring. Us fans, same complaint. And they're warranted complaints because I do think fan bases can get spoiled. Fan bases can complain. And when you have a really good team, you don't want to do that. But the Saints 
are in a position where their woes are obvious, but it doesn't matter. They just continue to run the same old bullshit. So for us, I think it's, it's okay for us to complain, but it's tiring, man. And I mean it. I'm tired of coming on this podcast for two straight years and saying Dennis Allen shouldn't be the coach. Pete Carmichael should be gone. This and that shouldn't be uh, going against the Saints, but it is. Tired of it. I want to talk about some positive shit, but there's nothing positive to talk about. Like I said, other teams in the league can be struggling and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. The Bears are fucking horrendous, but guess what? They might get Caleb Williams. The Broncos are terrible. They might get Caleb Williams. The Texans are a middling team. They got a young quarterback with an exciting head coach. That's fun to watch. Other teams have excitement. The Saints are saying, how much money can we spend to have the most mediocre 7-10 and 10 to 8-9 and nine team you'll see? And it's frustrating because the talent is there. I've, I've made that abundantly clear, but it's just not changing. Gabriel says, how jealous are you of the Houston Texans fans? Man, what a young team. I am. I am, and it's okay to admit it. Texans, Colts, Jaguars, a lot of teams the Saints have are going to be facing over the next three, four weeks. Young coach, well, not Doug Peterson, but a good coach in that, in that regard, but young coaches for the other two, young quarterbacks, exciting playmakers on both sides of the ball. It, it, it stinks, man. It fucking stinks. Jennifer says, so much talent on both sides of the ball wasted because this coaching staff is trash. It is. It really is. I, I, I don't know what to say anymore. I really don't. I, I'm going to continue to read what you guys have to say because I love when you guys drop your comments in. But for me personally, I feel like I've exhausted my opinion on this. I, I've exhausted it. Joshua says, bro, I'm so pissed. Four go routes, but before that, we needed only one yard and threw a go route, but the, got, got the DPI. Something has to change. I don't get it, man. They, they had the ball with 30-something seconds left at the Houston 24, and they threw the ball into the end zone, nowhere close, four straight times. You still had a timeout. You still have 30 seconds. You could have thrown something over the middle, maybe get you to the 15, 10-yard line, got a shot, call a timeout, and then you got two shots at the end zone. And that's a better chance than what the Saints did today. And, and honestly, I'll throw this one out there too. All right? Because it's, it's worth asking for this Saints team. You know you need a touchdown. You're getting close to the end zone. Where the fuck is Jimmy Graham? I mean, the guy is like eight feet tall. You're not going to put him in the game? Coaching malpractice. No design plays for him? No jump balls for Jimmy Graham? We're throwing jump balls to Rashid Shahid. You might as well throw one to Jimmy Graham. Make it make sense. I don't get it. I don't get this team. And right on, right on cue from Edit Kings 21 where was Jimmy Graham for red zone opportunities? I don't know, man. I'm glad you put that comment in, though. I, I do not know. Joe says, last game I watched this year with three backup all line, Carr is trying to change two plays at the line with fans screaming at them. <laughs> Garbage, I'm done. Good play on words. I appreciate a good play on words. I, I don't blame you guys for being frustrated. No, I'm frustrated. I don't blame you guys for being frustrated. Aaron says, I can't tell you how hard it is for me to watch Dennis Allen get on the podium and say the same thing every week. Gross. It's always, we've got to clean this up and we're going to clean this up. It never gets cleaned up. The smells coming from inside the house, get rid of it but they don't because that's who Dennis Allen is. He's a very good defensive coordinator, one of the best in the NFL. I've loved Dennis Allen's defenses in New Orleans, but he's not a head coach. He's not. Eric says if Pete cares about anything, anything about the Saints, he would resign. That's for sure. 
I'm not going on two years saying the same thing. This team cares more about relationships than actually winning. The players don't even play with, uh, don't even play with anymore. They don't believe it either. I'm not invested. So hard to blame it. I, I can't blame you guys for feeling like you don't want to be invested. Because at the end of the day, fandom and the team, it's not 50-50. It's you put 100% of your heart in, you want the, the team to put 100% of their heart in. And I'm not saying the players aren't putting their heart in. I'm saying the front office, I'm saying the coaching staff, it's not good enough. Fix it. That's what I'm saying. And you know what? This shit's just going to keep getting worse if it continues. Because these offensive playmakers are not going to stand for this bullshit. You think Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed and these boys, they're okay with putting up 13 points on offense? Fuck no. There are, co- there are coaches in this league who you hand them a box of scraps, they look at it and they say, yeah, I can make this work. Pete Carmichael has a fucking Lamborghini in the garage and he says, you know what, I'm going to take the Razor scooter out for today. Get him the fuck out of New Orleans, man. Get him out. I, I can't do it. Get him out so we could see if Dennis Allen sucks even with another play caller and then you could get rid of Dennis Allen too. Because the worst possible scenario is this season plays out and Dennis Allen goes up to Mickey Loomis and says, you know, I think if you get me a new offensive play caller, I can make this work. And then we're into year three of Dennis Allen. I promise you if we get into year three of Dennis Allen, I'm not making it out alive. I cannot do three years of Dennis Allen as the Saints head coach. You know? Just an absolute fucking joke with this team, man. Week in, week out. So I'll get into more of your comments. I'll express more frustration. Before I do that, though, want to get in a quick word from one of our sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball's back and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. Basketball's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code BOOT. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code BOOT. The crown is yours. Once again, thank you, DraftKings Sportsbook, for being part of the show. Get back into any comments you guys here have here as we get into kind of the 30-plus minute stage here of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Like we said, Saints losing 20-13 to 13 to the Texans. I am tired of bad offense, and you are too. So let's get into more comments here. Space African Jesus says, that's what's terrible about the Saints right now. They're mediocre, and they're boring to watch. Also, that Green Bay loss looms larger and larger as the weeks go by. Boy, is it. Boy, does it ever. This team, honest to God, should probably be 5-1. and one. I think the Bucs game is the only game that they really lost where I was like, they had no chance. Could have won today, didn't. Should have won the Packers game, didn't. But that that's just like great teams find ways to win games. Bad teams find ways to lose games. Even when they're handed to them on a silver platter, they'll find ways to lose it. And that's where we've gotten up to. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see where they go from here. I mean, well, we know where we go from. It's a Thursday night game against Jacksonville. And boy, could that get ugly in a hurry. Alex says they're not firing Allen or Carmichael this season. I hate to say it. They're not going to. I, I totally understand that for sure. Got a super chat from Justin to get me cash. Appreciate the, the uh, support, man. Cook Loomis, his job should be on the line too. Well, this is what I say about Loomis, man, because I actually think like out of all the three, Loomis is the least to blame. But Loomis, the reason he is somewhat to blame is the sense that he has the opportunity and the power to make a change. You know, like DA is bad and Pete Carmichael's bad, but they're not going to fire themselves. That's not how the NFL works. These are one of 32 jobs. You don't give them up. 
you know, Loomis has done some really, really good things in New Orleans. He's done some great things in New Orleans, but it's not working. And it's going to be on him to say, you know what? There is talent in this building. This team is too good. The leadership in the locker room's there, but the results aren't there. And who does that fall on? It's a results league. And just like QBs do not have win-loss as their stat, like I don't think win-loss is a QB stat. Win-loss is a head coach stat because there's nothing else to judge coaches off of whether or not you won the game or lost the game. That's all you can judge them off. Just like for a coordinator. Did your offense gain yards? Did your offense score? Is it efficient? What are the numbers telling you? Sometimes numbers lie for players. For example, Derek Carr had 350 yards today. I didn't think he was that good. But for coaches, 13 points, that's on the offensive coordinator. Losing games you should win, that's on the head coach. So that, that's where I'm hard on Loomis. It's like, he's got the power. He absolutely has the power to make a change. So he's got to make sure that when this season's over, he looks in the mirror and says, I got to fix this shit. And I, I, I hope he does. And if he does, he gets even more respect from me. Will says, don't want to be another Giants of last season by making the playoffs. Great analogy. Great, great, great analogy. The Giants last year overachieved. All their fans hyped them up. And guess what? They overachieved just to get the shit kicked out of them by the Eagles in the NFC Divisional Round. And then decided, you know what? Daniel Jones only had two game, two really good games this year. Let's pay him $40 million a year. And now they're stuck with that contract, and they suck this year. Saints suck. The Giants are worse than them. And you don't want to end up in that trap where you make the playoffs, sure, but it's like you don't, you don't got the coach. You may not have the quarterback. You're just grasping onto something that's not there. For the same situation, though, I don't know if they even make the playoffs. But the Giants' point is good. Like, Giants overachieved and then, on top of it, decided to double down on a mediocre core. Zeke says, thank God the Saints play Thursday and Spider-Man 2 comes out on Friday. Stress-free weekend. Yeah, the thing I'll say about the Saints playing Thursday, that's a good thing. They lose. If they do, I got it over with. Friday, I'll go enjoy myself. On the weekend, I'll probably go see Killers of the Flower Moon, and I'll, I'll have a good time. And I won't let them annoy me on a Sunday. And like I said, I, I've told you guys so many times, the way I operate, the minute this podcast is done, that's it. I'm releasing the Saints loss from my brain. I know they lost. I know they played like shit, but it's not going to ruin my day anymore. But it is time-consuming. And... This goes back to fans. It doesn't change for me whether the Saints are, you know, 13 and 4 or 3 and 14. I'm going to be here doing my job. But for a fan perspective, it's like, how many more weekends do you invest in the same thing again? If I'm watching a TV show that sucks, I'm not sticking around for a second season. If I'm watching a movie that stinks and they make a sequel, why would I go watch the sequel? So when you know Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael aren't the solution, and you run it back again, at some point there's going to be fans that are going to lose patience. And I know they're going to be called fair weather, and I know people are going to say, well, if you don't stick with them now, you can't be with them when, when they're good. Bullshit. It's not for me. I'm going to be here every fucking Sunday talking about the Saints. But for some fans, people got lives, man. And sitting down for four hours every Sunday watching an offense that can't score to save their lives, at some point you sit there, you look at the time, and you're like, do I want to do this again? And the answer is probably no for some people. And I'm not going to blame them. I'm not. John says, how do we not have a single play that can beat the blitz? Every time we get blitz, it's either a sack or incompletion. It's like Pete doesn't even know how this blitz is a real concept. I don't get it, man. Short passes, something to Michael Thomas, a quick hit or anything. Instead, it's deep routes. 
and then Carr gets hit or Carr makes a bad throw. But also Carr's going to have that in the meeting room too. Carr's got to sit down with Pete and the two of them got to figure out, man, we need better plays in those situations. It's on both of them. Fire this SOB Carr's trash. Uh, DA is trash coach. Bro, stop it. They don't have it together now. They never will. Carr is who he is. He sucks. Again, I don't think Carr sucks. You guys want to say Carr sucks? That's fine. I think Carr's an okay quarterback. An okay quarterback. That's it. The rest of them do suck. And you made your bed with Carr, so you got it for at least another season. So that is what it is. But I've seen coaches revitalize guys' careers. I've seen Ben Johnson take Jared Goff, and Jared Goff is playing elite football now. So my point is, if the Saints hired like a guy like Ben Johnson, he comes in, you don't think he's going to get Derek Carr playing better? I think he would. And again, I'm not trying to defend Derek Carr. He's not good right now, period. He's not good. But this, this, this shit is laughable that like everyone's like, ah, oh, Derek Carr, this, Derek Carr, that. I got people tweeting at me, put Jameis in. The result's not going to change, guys. The result's not going to change. The coaching is the problem. The players are a symptom of the problem. Got another super chat here from Black Order. Appreciate the uh, the support, man. Trade Winston, Michael Thomas, D. Carr, get rid of the coach, add good O-line, D-line, and build a young quarterback with potential or get a QB in the draft. Yeah, I mean, the one takeaway I'll have here, because I don't I don't think they're, they're going to trade Winston. I mean, if they could find a suitor, you might as well in terms of like, He's probably not coming back next year, so get something for him if you could. I, I just don't know if there's what team's out there that's going to do it. I'm not sure. Uh, as for your last part, I totally agree. Like, at some point, the Saints got to be looking around and going, yeah, I mean, other teams are building with young quarterbacks. I think it's about time that we do the same. I don't know if they will do that, but it's about time that they do it. So we'll, we'll see if they do that. Lawless Bro says, bro, when they went for the same stupid play three times in a row, Pete Carmichael is effing dead to me even more so our coaches suck. Can't disagree with you there. Michael says our O-line is not the best. It's like we don't have any true rock-solid guys to set the bar. This team is lacking accountability. Troy says, I have nothing to talk about this one. We know the problem. Oh, yes, we do know the problem. We know the problem. Jonathan says, did Carmichael forget he had Graham like he couldn't get one red zone target? To fuck if I know, man. I, I said this the other, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago. I really, really don't know what the hell they were thinking. The guy's like six foot seven. Get him an opportunity in the red zone. Thomas with the super chat. Thomas, thank you so much for the support, man. Thomas says, we could have looked like this for much less with Jameis. Honestly, got to move off of Carmichael. Yeah, and I've said this very clear, and I think I'm very fair about this regard. When everyone argues Derek Jameis Winston, I'm not having this debate because they're both not elite quarterbacks. So, like, what's the point of arguing this? When people tell me, well, if they didn't sign Derek Carr, they could have just been bad like this for cheap. Fine. I, I'm okay with that. But outside of that, I, I don't know any other point of the argument. As for the Carmichael thing, I agree. They got to move off from Thomas, but are they going to? Yes, after this year. I just don't know if it's going to happen during the season. But this is this is all-time bad now. Got a super chat uh, from Houdat Nation Talk. Appreciate the support, man. Said, where do we go from here? What's the best-case scenario moving forward? Honest to God, the best-case scenario for the Saints, if I'm being realistic and saying best-case, is they don't make the playoffs this year and they fire Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael. Because I think, call me naive, I think if you get the right coach with this roster, you can rebuild or retool while being competitive. Like the Saints can be in the mix, the Saints can be winning important games, but they could also stock up on young guys. Because over the last two years, they've added Olave, they've added Alante Taylor, they've added Rashid Shahid, Kendrick Miller, Brian Brzee, 
We'll see if A.T. Perry's any good at some point. Uh, you know, Jordan Howden looked good last week against the Patriots. So they're adding young talent. So that's not the problem for me. But, like, the coaching isn't there. And I think for people to say, well, if the best-case scenario is if they just turn it around this season, I got to be realistic with you guys. Because if I come up here and I go, well, the best-case scenario is they turn it around and they're a 10-7 and team or 11-6 and and they make the playoffs. Where, where are we getting this from, though? They are 500 through six weeks. Like, they would need to go 7-4 and four to get to 10-7. and seven. And I don't see that for this Saints team right now. I don't. Looking at their schedule, honest to God, looking at this schedule right now, because it drives me nuts. Are they going to beat the Jaguars? I'm going to say no. Are they going to beat the Colts? I have no idea. Will they beat the Lions? Probably not. Will they beat the Rams? Probably not. Will they beat the Buccaneers? Probably not. Like, there's a lot of potential losses here with this team. Like, look, if they show me a different team in a couple weeks, sure. But as of right now, the best case scenario is they finally say, man, we cannot do this for a third year. It's not working. We got to switch it up. So that's how I see it. Now, for us fans, that also is part of the best case scenario. Because if you say, all right, winning is the best case scenario, it's to a certain degree. Because winning could cost this team if they continue to run it back with DA because it's not happening. So that's just the way I see it. If I come off across like a negative Nancy or something, I, I really apologize. But that's just the way I see it right now. Ed says, Taysom had the same amount of catches as MT and Shahid combined. Dude, Taysom got targeted about 55 fucking times today. I'm not blaming Taysom. But what are we doing? What are, what are we doing offensively? I don't understand this team. I don't understand this team. Markel says, how much do you think we'd have to give, uh, we'd have to give Washington to get Biennemi or Detroit to get ben, uh, ben Johnson? Well, here's the thing. The way I see the Ben Johnson thing, because Johnson is the guy that I'm looking at. He's the, he's the premier target. You're promoting him. You would make him a head coach. You wouldn't hire him to make him the OC. He wouldn't leave to go to, from Detroit to New Orleans. He's going to get a head coaching job this year. He's going to. He has to. He's too good. The, the time is right for him. So it's not what you have to give up. You just got to pay him the money. And you got to get rid of DA. That's, that's all you got to do. Jay Rambo says, are we still sitting here believing Carr is head and shoulders better than Winston? I'm going to be honest, man. I don't give a fuck about this debate anymore. I don't, I, I don't mean it to be rude. I don't care about this debate anymore. They could start Carr. They could start Winston. They can start me. They can start you. They can start whoever the fuck you want. Like, they're not going to do anything offensively because this is who they are. They're, not, they're, they're just not a, co- a well-coached offensive team. So, yeah. I really don't care. Carr's not playing well. Jameis didn't play well last year. Andy Dalton's not good. They can play whatever the fuck they want. It's an exhausting conversation. And for me, it's a losing conversation, man. It's it's a losing conversation. So that's the way that's the way I see it. So I'm going to get back into more comments you guys have. But before I do that, uh, I just want to get into another sponsor of the show on this program, Crystal Hot Sauce. <laughs> I need to clear something up about New Orleans. While our culinary scene might be on fire, our food has never been about heat. It's always been about flavor. And this is how New Orleans does flavor. Are we clear? Crystal, how New Orleans does flavor. Once again, thank you to Crystal for being part of the program. We greatly appreciate it. So we're going to get into more comments here. 
on this Straight Up Saints uh, podcast, we have another super chat from Carl Markey Marks. Thank you. Thank you yet again for supporting the show. He says, people blaming Carl are wrong. He carried the offense today. Pete wasted every opportunity he gave us, and we're still struggling to run the ball. Look, I'm okay with people blaming Carr. I'm okay with it. What I'm not okay with, though, is thinking like that is the only problem for this team. It's not just the quarterback. Just like it's not just the run game or it's not just the – like there's so many problems. I do agree with you, though. The run game is uninspiring. Have the Saints had any plays outside of an end around a Rashid Shahid where you go, wow, that was really nice. That was a really creative play. No. So they're not creative. The run game is not explosive. They, they treat Alvin like he's Derrick Henry now, which I can't stand. So for me, it, it's tough to put it all on Carr. Now, it's cool. It's okay to call out Carr for his deficiencies because there's deficiencies. And I would be a straight-up ass if I came on here and said, Carr doesn't have deficiencies because he does. But, man, there's other problems right now, you know? It's like blaming the waiter. Meanwhile, the chef's the one who fucked up the food because that's the way I look at it. Pete's the chef. He's fucking up the food. But people are blaming the waiter because he's the one who brought out the plate. I know I'm making really annoying analogies today, but I'm trying to get it through everyone's head that even though Derek Carr is struggling and Derek Carr is not the, the solution here, he sure as hell isn't the main problem. So that's just that's just me, man. That's the way I see it. Justin to Get Me Cash says, tired of this mom and pop shop run franchise. They got a clean house. Uh, yeah, that's what it feels like, right? It does. It definitely feels like that. Red Joseph says, Killers of the Flower, Moon, Supremacy, yes. I'm in there, man. You guys know I love movies, so if I can't enjoy a Saints game, I might as well go and enjoy a good movie. Nicole says, it's getting very old. I'm questioning going to the game on Thursday night. I'm not even looking forward to it. It sucks, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of reached that point for a lot of us, right? Like, these Saints games happen, and I, I kind of just sit down and watch the game, and I'm like, all right, let's, let's get it going. Like, that's it. If I go back four years ago, five years ago, my excitement level for Saints games was nuts. Like, I couldn't wait for Sundays. I could not fucking wait. Like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it goes by so slow because I can't wait to watch the Saints play on Sunday. And now it's like, all right, the Saints play today. And I hate I hate being like that because I sound like such a negative bum, but it's the truth. Trey Gift says, Chris, your podcast makes my shitty Sundays a little bit better. I really, I really appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. Um, Again, I, I I can't make this any more clear. I'm going to be here every Sunday. No matter whether the Saints are playing well, playing bad, whatever it is, I will be here. But I really, really got to tip my cap. Obviously, I don't have one on my head right now, but if I did, I would, to the fact that you guys come over here and you guys leave your comments, you leave your concerns, you leave your thoughts, because it makes it easier for me. And I love knowing that, like, where people's heads are at. Because I may interact with some of you on Twitter, and when you interact with me here, then when we talk on Twitter, I know where your head's at. So the conversation's a little bit more free-flowing. So uh, you might say thank you to me. I actually say thank you to you guys. It's a lot easier that you guys come on here uh, and, and send your comments. Blake says, Zion's healthy, so at least we get a few weeks of that to watch. Uh, fingers crossed he stays healthy the whole year because Zion is a fucking problem in the best ways possible when he's healthy. Brian says, Carr sucks and his defense is old and they played like it. I'm cool with that, man. He's, a, he's abysmal in the red zone, says Michael. Can't disagree with that. Like, you are, just like I said, like you are what your numbers say. You are what you show us. And Derek Carr is just not a good red zone quarterback. Drake Ovo Jr. says, if you can't tell it's coaching, you, your ball IQ is showing. <laughs> Michael says, I think you're somewhat wrong. I think our rookie would be better. Um, I, I disagree, man. 
Jake Hayner was bad in the preseason. He would be bad in the regular season. That's fine. Like, it's fine to say whatever you guys want to say about who you want as a quarterback. I'm just telling you what the league would say about it. Like, if Jake Hayner comes out here, the offense would look worse. If Winston comes out, it'll probably look like pretty much the same. But Hayner goes out there, it'll probably look worse. That's the reality of the situation. Lob 32 City says this class is loaded. Quarterback, wide receiver, corner. Saints need to be sellers. Could easily get up with two first, couple of second, and third round picks and they move off Olave, A.K. Marshawn, hire Ben Johnson, let him build. Well, you're not getting rid of Olave. I, I don't see that. Uh, you're not getting rid of Marshawn, in my opinion. I don't think you're getting rid of A.K. either. So I, I don't think it's that. Now, can you get rid of some guys that might be, you know, on fringe contracts? Okay, maybe, but that's about it. Got another super chat from Mel Mendoza. I appreciate it, man. Uh, thoughts on college football this week. So I'm assuming you're meeting this past weekend. If I'm wrong, please correct me so I can talk about what's coming up. But if you're talking about what happened this weekend, uh, yeah, so my early thought, my uh, quick thoughts. First, I thought Oregon-Washington lived up to the hype. I was kind of, I don't want to say concerned, but I am a little worried about Michael Penix in this regard. He's had two ACL injuries. He took a beating yesterday. He is a little bit older of a quarterback. I, I just get concerned about his health, but he's very accurate with the football. And that was a fun-ass game to watch. I actually thought Bo Nix looked really impressive. And I'm not a Bo Nix fan, but he did a lot of things on the run that impressed me. Oregon's defense brought it for a while. I really liked that Dan Lanning was aggressive. A lot of, like, going for it and not selling for the field goals. In hindsight, probably cost him, but that was an excellent game. USC-Notre Dame. I mean, USC was teetering with a loss the entire year. I mean, could have very well lost to Arizona. End up losing to Notre Dame, which Notre Dame's got to be kicking themselves over that Ohio State game. Because even if you give them a Louisville loss, right, you could say Notre Dame has wins over USC and Ohio State. Those are two premier wins. They would still have a shot at the playoff. Now it's like, you're not making it, but you have a really nice win over USC. Doesn't change my opinion of Caleb. I saw a lot of people having narratives about Caleb and what this means. Fuck out of here. Like, Caleb is still the number one pick. It's just, he had a bad game. It's okay. To, it's okay for good players to have bad games. So that's the way I see it. Uh, in terms of around the, around the SEC, you know, in terms of LSU, that offense is humming. That's fun to see. Jaden Daniels got to be in the Heisman conversation. That's for sure. Especially if LSU doesn't lose another game this year, he'll be in it. Uh, Bama nearly blew it. I don't know what to make of them. Some plays Mill Road looks good. Some plays Mill Road looks awful. So I'm on the fence there. Uh, let me see what other games I watch. Michigan looks damn good, man. Mi Michigan looks really good. It doesn't mean anything if Harbaugh loses in the playoff again, but they look really, really good right now. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at in terms of what I watched this past weekend. Um, and then Colorado-Stanford, that might cost them a bowl game. So that sucks. But that's that's probably that's probably where I'm at. That's all the football I watched for this Sunday, uh, for this Saturday and Friday, obviously, with Colorado. But yeah, it was a fun week. We'll see, we'll see what uh, this upcoming Saturday's got to offer. Lance says, stop, Chris. Demario Cam, Tyron are great, but wrong side of the hill. Whole, whole line sucks. It needs to be retooled. Mike T won't be back. Neither will AK. Carr is a bridge quarterback at 150 mil. Yeah, look, my, my point is, though, you can be competitive and rebuild at the same time. Texans are rebuilding. Can we agree? Texans are three and three. Texans might rebuild and win eight games or nine games this year. So that's my point. When you have the right coach, you can rebuild while also win games. Like, they're not mutually exclusive. They can they can be at the same time, you know? That's just the way I see it. Bio Boys 504 says, I was at the game. I knew it was over when Bond got the interception and fumbled it back. Yeah, that was a kiss of death. I don't know why we kept watching more and more when that happened. 
Blake says, I imagine Chris screaming into a pillow during the commercial. I'm not, man. Or am I? I'm not. No, I, I promise I'm not. But woof, man. It's tough out here. Can people stop trying to get a new quarterback when we're not going to be able to do anything with him? Yeah, I don't. Uh, that's my thing, right? Stick any quarterback in this offense right now. They would not be playing to their ceiling with Pete Carmichael running the plays. That's just the truth. Car missed so many throws. It's crazy. And Carmichael with high school last plays, fire everybody. I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm cool with firing everyone. I mean, you guys know you guys know that uh, that I've been on there. Ed says, AK been mus- uh, being misused is a crime. I can't stand it. I can't stand it either. He's, he, they're using him like Derrick Henry, man. All World Trucker says, at least Tulane and LSU won. I'll take a two-in-one week for Louisiana football. Yeah, shout out to them, man. There's actually something being built there. There's something that, there's identities, right, to those teams. Like, even LSU, I know the defense has been bad this year. But when you go in an LSU game, at least for me, and it's easier to say because my week does not get, my week does not hinge on how LSU does. I like watching LSU's offense. So, like, even if they're not playing their best football, I'm going to go in and there's something to look forward to. And I don't have that with the Saints right now. Tyler says, why do we call four verticals in the row to end the game from the 30? We still had a timeout with the middle of the field open to get another seven to 10 yards and then take those chances. Pete needs to go ASAP. I agree, man. I agree. Lit TV says, I got money on Pete Carmichael's head. I'm going to show him what a real bounty is. Jesus Christ. I mean, you're probably not the only one who, um, who sees it that way, if I had to guess. Justin to get me cash says, YOLO for Jaden Daniels or Drake May. We'll see. I would love Drake May on the Saints, man. Drake May is one of my guys. Like, Caleb's one, but Drake May's two for me. And I'm not changing those one and two. Those are my one and two. Space African Jesus says, if LSU didn't give up 55 points to Ole Miss, Jaden probably would have and should have been leading the Heisman race. I agree. Especially now with Caleb taking that step back with three picks. No doubt about it. Penix looked good, but it wasn't his best game. So the the opportunity would have been there. Matthew says, can you do a quick explanation on how the fuck the Raiders offense last couple of years of the car was significantly better than us this year with loads on loads of talent? Only thing worse is O-line. I don't know, man. The, the, the Raiders lost their head coach and Henry Ruggs in the same season and their offense still looked better than what the Saints have now and they made the playoffs. So like, again, is Derek Carr great? No, but everyone's like blaming Derek Carr and I'm like, start putting things together. Start putting two and two together and find the problem. And if you had a good coordinator and Carr sucks, and yeah, it's time to talk about Carr being washed, but it's a it's a stupid debate at this point. RG says, Jimmy Graham is a wasted roster spotter for not going to use him. I agree. Audwin says, we must show the, the gate at the Dome to get some attention. Sounds crazy, but needs to be done. We'll see. This division will continue to keep DA and Carmichael's jobs alive. Therefore, I don't care about the season anymore. FYI, Penning sucks. Penning does suck. No other thing to say about that. As for the division, who knows? If the Bucks and Falcons play well, then maybe not. Blake says, top head, co- uh, head coaching choices. Who else besides Brian is available? Uh, well, look, Ben Johnson's the guy that you're looking at. I think that would be the, the first one that people are going to talk about for next season. Uh, in terms of looking around, I, I haven't really thought about which candidates I like yet. Uh, I know that people are going to be in on a guy like Kellen Moore. I don't know if he's a head coach, though. I really don't. He's looking good with the Chargers, though. They're top five in yards. Um, I'm sure people might look at, at, um, I believe it was the Bengals offensive coordinator from last year. That'll be a guy that's on people's list. So we'll see. I think guys will start start to come to fruition as the year goes on. 
Uh, Dan Quinn would not be a guy for the Saints. They're not going defensive. Uh, Brian Johnson, the Eagles, for me, is not someone that I love. I'm sure Enemy will be in the mix. And I just remember, it's Brian Callahan of the Bengals. So maybe that's a guy that people look into. Um, we'll see. You know, Mike Kafka was someone that people like coming into this year, but the Giants offense looks like a mess. So that might have taken a step back. Derek says, just sit the starters, draft a quarterback, and a whole new line at this point if we're not firing DA and Carmichael now. Yep. I mean, what else to say? Dolphins OC. Well, here's the thing about the Dolphins, right? If you're going to give them the credit to their offensive coordinator, who I believe is Frank Smith right now, McDaniel's the one running the show. So, I mean, maybe you're like, all right, maybe maybe he learned something from McDaniel and you're going to pick his brain there, but I, I just I think Ben Johnson's got to be the guy. That's just the way I see it, you know? But anyway, guys, it has been a fun and eventful hour, but I'm going to wrap it up here. I think the message of this show is very simple. The Saints got a talented team. They also have a really poor coaching staff. And until that changes, we're probably kind of stuck in the mud or stuck in neutral at the top of a hill. And you know what happens when you get stuck in neutral at the top of the hill. That shit's rolling backwards. So I'm going to wrap it up here and we'll see what, what happens. On Thursday, I'll probably have a show tomorrow morning, so make sure you subscribe to Buku Media's YouTube page and check that out. Uh, it would be about 8 a.m. Central. And then I'll have a preview show for Jags, Saints on Thursday. But until then, guys, I hope you enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I know the Saints loss sucks, but got to try and find some type of fun things to do. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll be back on Monday. I'll go back to Twitter and start firing off some thoughts in a little bit. Thank you so much for the comments. Thank you so much for the Super Chats. I think you guys are pretty damn awesome. And uh, yeah, it's going to wrap it up. So stay tuned for more content here on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Huda Nation. Have a good Sunday, everyone.